0: Craft. And welcome back to the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast. I'm Puff. With me a very special guest today, Bo Evers from Crosby Hops. Ladies and gentlemen, he's here. He's playing hurt. Fractured uh, fractured arm and everything.
1: Yeah, it's a fractured radial head on the right elbow area. Okay, so, that yeah. kind of makes me want to vomit a little bit. <laughs> what? what, what how did you do that? Oh, you I were was uh, you yeah, a car off a, <laughs> a burning car off a baby. Yeah, bird? yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Very, very uh, Superman like. Um, <laughs> no, it was uh, I was actually attending the Ohio Craft Brewers Guild. Uh, conference in Columbus, Ohio. And um, ultimately, I, uh, you know, those little e-scooters, the, the birds or limes, I uh, let's just say that I literally flipped the bird. Um, <laughs> and uh, or, you know, maybe I was slinging hops too hard uh, well, or uh, pounding the pavement because I did all those things. <laughs> <and> <laughs> so it
0: certainly, I don't think you can get a DUI in one of those scooters, but... But like maybe you can. I don't know. I
1: I don't I don't know. I definitely. I know didn't.
0: I know I, for a fact that you were probably not overserved at that conference. So mm-hmm. you yeah. just thought it was uh, watch maybe a little too much X Games and thought that you <laughs> could
1: replicate some of those things. Well, yeah. I I think back to my days is with a Razor scooter and I used to be able to do that. <laughs> but uh, those little uh, birds, they have um, those heavy batteries on the bottom. Oh yeah. There's no so way. I, yeah. I mean, it's it's easy to launch off of a curb, but trying to you know bunny hop hop up on top and I actually ended up popping the wheel the back wheel uh so I cleared like the first half and then that back wheel popped and then it just like I heard that like Uh. (laughs) meanwhile I bruised my hip pretty bad and elbow and yeah anyway so it's (laughs) in still in here playing hurt. Yep. Willing to talk
0: about the magical spice of beer hops. Hops themselves, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I uh we kind of talked a little bit before we we started recording, but one of the things that uh, I wanted to know about, and I'm always you know excited to hear and and see and smell, are some of the new varieties coming out. And so you had mentioned one earlier, and I was like, no, no, don't tell me about it. Let's uh, let's wait for the podcast. What's uh what's what's some of the new flavors, smells, tastes, and names that we're going to start hearing
1: about? Yeah, so uh, definitely Strata is the top variety that comes to mind, especially for us. Uh, because it um, actually is a variety that we're growing. We have a license to grow on our farm in Oregon. Um, <laughs> license to grow. License to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a very um, and,
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, so it, it actually is formally known as X331, and it came from the Oregon State University Breeding Program. Oh, okay. Uh, in collaboration with Indie Hops. And so they essentially have given us the good graces to have a license to grow that variety and to sell it direct as a vendor. Oh, wow. Cool. uh, But kind of the profile itself, um, there is passion fruit Mm. meets cannabis, kind of like a wafting cannabis kind of smell. So it has some kind of dank components to it. Okay. uh, Without kind of the...
0: The baggage. So, so, but cannabis for those of you out there that don't know what that is, that's that's
1: marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little cousin down the line. Hell <laughs> right? yeah, uh, <laughs> they're all in the ACA family, right? <laughs> yep, true. Yeah, yeah, true. So, you know, there's there's definitely some of those kind of danky components. Yeah, um, and it, actually, the nice part is it, it doesn't really have the baggage with you know the kind of the catty, onion, garlic. Oh, nice, sweaty kind of baggage. Sure, sure. It's a that, little bit more cleaner. A little cleaner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So it definitely, is like a high note hop that. I would put in that category. Um, What kind of
0: alpha are you talking about? Or is this strictly more of an aroma?
1: Well, you know, that that line is so blurred these days that um, it's. So we got we a pretty high alpha lot this past crop 18. I think it was like close to 14%. Oh, wow. I think it's going to trend more in that kind of 12 plus range. Sure. If, if I were to guess. So just wow. like probably a little higher than like something like a Chinook. Okay. But lower so still, than a nugget. Uh,
0: still probably available for some bittering on the bittering side for sure. Sure. But with yeah. the delicate aromas and the essential oils that you're talking about, I mean... Yeah. you looking at the yeah, late, I, late kettle editions, whirlpool editions, maybe some dry hopping with this one.
1: Yeah. I think, um, a lot more craft brewers as they, um, mature and, you know, get, get more used to extracts, whether it's C2 hop extract or whatnot. Um, it's just going to really make a lot of sense from a storage standpoint, shelf life. Wow, For cost um, standpoint. So, you know, I mean, yeah, you can absolutely use strata or, you know, other awesome aroma varieties yep. on the hot side. Uh, but really, I mean, it's, you know, if you want to get the best bang for your buck, you're typically doing whirlpool additions, which you still lose a lot of volatiles that way anyway, Yep. or just on the cold side, you know, it makes
0: makes more sense to spend your money where it's going to matter the most.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, I, I have actually a client in the Southeast that just converted all of their hot side hops to like hops like Cascade and Nugget. Sure. And then using, you know, any like proprietary expensive IPA type hops, just on the cold side for dry hopping just but that makes a lot more sense yeah i mean because you can buy a cascade you know on the open i mean seven eight dollar range from like a vendor of course sure. i mean i mean you can find it cheaper just from other brewers that are trying to get rid of it true. but like true you know versus a, like yeah. a 13 or 14 dollar proprietary hop yep right yep. So and if you're just, just looking yep. for that alpha
0: that would be the way to go Early hop edition. Get your IBUs. Get your isomerized alpha acids uh, consistent for your beer. And if you're only using those two that you're talking about, like Cascade and Nugget, mm-hmm. you should be able to dial in oh, yeah. you know a very very consistent bitterness, uh, and then really adjust you know for smells later on down in the process. Yeah. Um, so so Strata would mm-hmm. be one of the fun exciting ones coming out with the dank and passion fruit smell.
1: Yeah, and it's also uh, definitely has some grapefruit citrus things going on with okay. it as well. Okay. Um, and You know, it's it's really getting out there right now just in terms of everyone's just kind of checking it out. Acreage is relatively limited, but it's scaling quickly. Well, when
0: people put their toe in the water and they start looking at, Mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily a flagship, but even... Something they put out and it's as well received as I think this hop is going to be. Yeah, I think that that, that acreage is going to expand really quickly.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're adding acreage on our farm for, you know, this spring. Sure. And we're going to see our first Crosby harvest of it in crop 19. And then it's going to be doubled for crop 20. And then depending on contracts, we're going to be really be able to kind of scale it from there. So, this contract word you said, yeah, contracts. That's, well, <laughs> it, it, that's another thing
0: I, I wanted to mention uh, to anybody that's out there. So the farmer has to plant this stuff. They don't know how mm-hmm. much to plant. And we want to make sure that everybody has a chance to try this hop or use it or even design a beer with it. Uh, selfishly, I want to drink it. Right. But the, the farmer itself, I mean, he's got to make a, a living. He's got, it's got to be sustainable for him. And I would encourage everybody to contract out their hops. Uh, maybe not 100% of what you think you're going to need, but at least 80 Right? Is that is that kind of an yeah. in average for you guys? Or you know,
1: and this is something I've been thinking about the past few years. Is you know, I mean, if we have over seven thousand breweries at the end of eighteen, right? And that's what they're predicting. By the, isn't that crazy? Yeah, by the end of nineteen, I don't know, 8500 8, Yeah. End of twenty twenty. What is that? Close to ten thousand? Yeah, I don't know. You kind of look at the trends, yeah. just in terms of like. There's certain niches and markets that just don't have your 500-barrel-a-year brewery yet, Um, and the proliferation of that size will continue, in my opinion. I would uh, also
0: agree The destination brewery the yeah, over course. the counter mm-hmm. you know nothing distributed distribution wise but uh, you know selling pints across the countertop that's a great margin on the inside and they're going to need hops.
1: Yeah, exactly and uh, typically those breweries trend higher on the average pounds per barrel yes. of hops because their breweries are or, or excuse me their system is not as efficient Correct. as a 50 barrel brew house, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> just that's just part of it. Yep. Um, so ultimately when you have thousands of those breweries collectively that um think that they you know the spot markets flush with hops and uh you know i had a brewer recently that was like well there's 1.5 million pounds available on lupulin exchange right now and i say okay yeah that seems like a lot to you but collectively you know in crop 18 there was about 105 million pounds produced in the u.s alone that's and, That's a lot and, of and then, and then you know, you start doing the math and looking at the stats that yeah. way um, and, you know, realizing that, you know, what might be on, you know, some of these, you know, websites, that like multiple crop years right there. Yeah. No, it's know? not
0: just the harvest year from exactly. last year. Exactly. So, so you've got ca- like Cascades, for instance. I think you can buy them all the way back to 2015 now. I've seen. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can buy even older. Yeah. For sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and you're looking for. I summarized alpha acids at the point. I mean, the, right. you know, the degradation of the hop itself is hop storage index is, is, is oh, yeah. going down and the, you know, the alpha acids are going down, even if they're stored correctly, it's just, it's just what happens over time. Yeah. So we'd like to see everyone out there, you know, think about contracts, work with you guys at Crosby hop farm to make yep. sure that they're guaranteed at least some of what they're looking for. Now I wouldn't say not to buy stuff on the hop
1: market, yeah no, you, know, it, you, you never there's, know there's definitely a place for yeah. that to you know someone's over on a, like for certain varieties you know x x amount of varieties y amount of boxes and they can trickle that through their markets and um you know if it's a hot variety then they can sell it quickly at a higher price than what they contracted right now that's not necessarily the case no it's not you know you might have to take a little bit of a loss but hey you don't have those boxes just sitting there getting older and thing done so strata mm-hmm. what's next Um, After that, um, I'm getting really excited about the um, upcoming New Zealand experimental varieties.
0: Yeah, so their Southern Hemisphere harvest is going to be... Yeah, right around the corner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually going to be participating in that, doing hop selection.
0: Wait, you um, get to go to the Southern Hemisphere? I get to go Do to. You New go to New, are you
1: serious? Yes. <laughs> How beautiful is that country? Uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I've never been before, but obviously we've all seen oh, Lord of the Rings. So. No. Come on. You suck. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm going to be. Yeah, pretty much five days. Uh, we're going to be visiting our partner grower, Freestyle Hops or Freestyle Farms, whichever you prefer. Um, that's and, uh, amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. What an yeah. opportunity to see. Yeah, they've got some beautiful varieties down there. One of my favorites comes from the Southern Hemisphere, Galaxy. I just I mm-hmm. love that. And that's also hop. Australian too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so I say Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, so I, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to discriminate just the Kiwis, but sure. uh, you know, there's a lot of great things that have been produced and designed down there.
1: Yeah, and you know, one thing that you know, and I'm I'm sure I can express frustration with with from other vendor hop vendors as well as uh, you know a lot of brewers, um, kind of focus on the shiny objects. I call it the oh, shiny yes. objects. Well, Sh- shiny objects under a metasol. Come on, oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: squirrel. Yeah, wait, right. What?
1: Yeah, uh, you know whether chasing styles <laughs> or whatever it is. But um, you know, like Nelson and yeah. Teweka, you know, number one, number two, just in terms of demand. Yes. those are definitely the shiny objects. Um, but there's also really uh, like other great varieties that we're really jazzed about that maybe just craft brewers just don't really think about. So Pacific Jade, um, it's a great Southern Cross, Rakau, Wakatu. Mm-hmm. I may or may not be saying some of these, you know, correctly. <laughs> but You're
0: I'm, not up on your Maori <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I'm going to be going down there and really brushing up on that, you know, when I actually talk to the farmers. So. Sure,
0: you're going to have to learn a haka before you go <laughs> yeah, just right. to be safe. Yeah, But yep. No, that it's just, a, there's so many, you know, it's it, it's it's funny to say, but like, those undiscovered not they've been around for a long time but I I see a little bit of a trend now of people going back and just rediscovering for the first time some of these hops that uh, yeah
1: in that category where let's just I mean let's just say that half the craft breweries in general in the country you know so I don't know maybe three thousand of them are less than three years old yeah. Or so I, I don't know. I'm just throwing out a random. Number no, but, there, but no, that's probably seems about right. You know, they've all been so focused on certain varieties that preceded them that yep. what the consumer wanted, you know, it's, it's all consumer driven. Um, and ultimately the, you know, certain varieties like Chinook or nugget or I don't know, what, what are some other good ones that in cluster? Well, yeah, I mean, Cluster is a great hop. It's just, um, it might be a little ragged, you yeah. know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of a variety, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like you can't forget about your, you know, your, your roots, man. you, yeah, can't, you yeah. can't forget about any of that yeah, I stuff. mean, Brewer's Gold fits in that category, Bullion. Actually, I remember when I first started at Crosby, um, I had a task. It was like right when I started <laughs> where uh, Blake Crosby wanted me to go out in the fields and um, find all the Bullion plants. Um, in in this nugget field. And this nugget field was like 30 years old, just really <laughs> just old. giant. Well, yeah, and, and pretty much you're just scanning He just
0: totally but, punked the new guy. Hey, go
1: yeah, find right. the bullion in this yeah. giant field. But actually, bullion was easy to spot just because uh, I think the <laughs> leaves were a lot greener yeah. and just a different leaf structure. And typically, you know, you don't want to have like a bunch of bullion plants in a nugget field. Not that no. it would like skew it that much. Maybe I found like less than 10. Um, but also, I've heard that, uh, especially in Washington State, where acreage has turned over so much just in yeah. terms of varieties, that, yeah, you might have a significant portion of cluster in a cascade field, for example. I've, yeah. I've, I've heard that. And I mean, um, I
0: mean, when they're harvesting those, it's not like they're separating those plants out. This, yeah, is, a, this I mean, is a cascade it's, field. It's, yeah,
1: it's like a serious tilling effort yeah. that happens. But, well, you know, how many rhizomes, rhizomes gonna, yeah. of the cascade that's being torn out in favor of like a newer variety just yep. get left in the ground or goes super deep and you know pops back up
0: yep so. and then when you train them to grow up that uh, the coir the, the, the string that goes from the base of it to the sure. top of the I mean at that small with the plants that small it's not like you're going to be able to differentiate
1: yeah actually something that, that i uh, didn't know recently or i had just hadn't thought about you know because i'm not a farmer I no yeah, <laughs> yeah but um it was jason Peralt um from Peralt farms uh, we were both given presentations on hops down at the arizona craft brewers guild co- or not conference but more of like a day session kind of thing yeah and he mentioned that you know think of certain varieties let's just say you have a cascade field sure and there and you know it's a bunch of male pollen floating around and maybe some you know cascade cones get seeded by just some random male pollen floating in the air D- and then, just by
0: mother nature and, and, I mean that's yep, gonna
1: happen it's gonna happen and then all of a sudden let's just say that that cone falls off or the seed falls down mm-hmm. and creates a completely different you know, different variety, different variety, which grows up with the cascade. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it's something that I didn't really think about, and yeah, I don't, like I don't, I don't know how prevalent that is. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's pretty isolated just because it, like, it's, it's really tough for a seed to, you know, to, that's no, genetically yeah. unique. Um, you know, it, but that, like it I might mean, have a bad, um, that's resistance how we, to, to mildews or whatever and just But die. that's how we have hops. That's how you have hops. I mean, that's yeah. how they
0: proliferated for this long. That's exactly. why they're here. Yep. And so, yeah, that's, I could easily see that happening in a field and with the anatomy and the structure of a hop. I mean, they're not going to look that... I mean, the male plants look different than the female plants. Of course, yeah. But if you have any male plants in your field, the pollen's going to be produced. The cone is the flower. That's They're doing what they're intended to do by having seeds. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Seeds form and those seeds growing into new plants. That's why it takes so long for these new varieties to come
1: out because crossing these things yep. is... Tedious mm-hmm. to say which, the least. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of brings me back, <laughs> so circling back on the New Zealand experimental yeah um, hop program that, that's happening. So I'm going to be going to the Hopi, it's like H O P I symposium in I think it's in Wellington. Huh. And um, yeah, so pretty much I'm going to be learning about this program. I think it was, and you know, my my numbers might might be off a little bit. I think it was like seven. Million dollars or New Zealand dollars being invested over six years into that program, wow, or or something to that extent. Don't don't quote me on that exactly, but it was in that range. So that's that's a lot of money going towards the New Zealand um, hop industry. Uh, because that is a lot a few of years ago, they, New, New Zealand grew about one percent of the world's acreage. Sure. Just to put that into perspective, and think of how high that demand is for certain of those varieties. Yeah. Maybe you're just one or two of them. Um, wow. So you start looking at the stats in that regard. So that's well, why it's so you, highly sought after.
0: You're going to have to go down there. Yep. You're going to have to probably drink beer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Well, tough. Life. It's <laughs> research, right? Yeah. It's just a giant write-off. As yeah. we, I tell
0: mm-hmm. my 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 accountant that and they just shake their head I was like no it's
1: I don't even want to drink I do it for the kids well that's why you have to put it under your expense report under libations <laughs> <laughs> duly noted <laughs> that's really funny
0: no there's uh and that's uh, the other thing about New Zealand is uh home distilling is actually legal ah. so you can be a distiller down there uh, at your house which we cannot do here in the United States and one yeah. of the things that uh, I've seen kind of People exploring are hopped whiskeys. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're There's taking. There's a couple
1: commercial varieties which some, some I beer stay far, far away from. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's some, some people looking at beer schnapps, uh, okay. which yeah. I've we've made some here, and it's, you know, you concentrate all that hop flavor. If you don't have the right aromas in those hops, uh, let's just say the schnapp is less than desirable because you're concentrating sure. the bitterness as well. I mean, it's a it's a giant flavor that you can you can pull out and isolate. Uh, depending on where you make those cuts, so that's it'd be an interesting thing where uh, where you're seeing maybe hops being used in other things, uh, the cider industry as well. We've had some local cideries here, uh, you know, dry hop with some hops, mm-hmm. and and come up with some really really interesting products and and very delicious cider, um, adding some of those aromas coming from the essential oils and and
1: yeah we we work with a few select cider cideries and also some kombucha makers like there's one down in florida i work with uh which is pretty cool that i had not heard a hopped kombucha yeah brew doctor out in portland cool um they have i I believe maybe it's i don't remember the exact variety maybe it's something like cascade or something something pretty Um, classic i'd imagine mm -hmm. just to try to you know and then mother kombucha down in florida as well huh Mm -hmm. yeah so it's definitely out there no no and
0: (laughs) i i can see people you know with the with the the boon in the craft beverage industry, specifically in beer, you know the the trend with bigger, hoppier, or you know beers that are coming out there, or even that session style IPA, people are gravitating towards that uh, that that hoppy flavor and aroma.
1: I also see you know just kind of you know, looking at the crystal ball in terms of styles. (laughs) Please tell me what's going No, I I would (laughs) love to Well, I mean, this is just what I see out in the marketplace, Um, you know, especially with the proliferation of New Belgium's Hemper and um, Sweetwater's G13. Yep. Um, Just the, I'm not saying THC infused beers, just that that line between TTB, it's just until it's federally legal, that's just not going to be a thing. Of course, you're starting to see CBD beers, which we just had a Strata hopped. CBD beer made by Fatty's beer works on Charleston, really, so the CBD beers are a thing, but I think more along the lines of um, actual like marijuana inspired beers. so like so after a certain well, so, specific you know, like strain hemp, of hemp, hemp, marijuana hemp no not, 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 not like necessarily like a strain, but just like beers that mimic that aroma of marijuana. So like think of hemp where there's hemp extract Sure and terpenes yeah yeah that are distilled yep you know and it actually does smell like it's marijuana. Very, it's very dank very dank which yes. is funny because you know that like that that spectrum of hops you know back in 2014-15 yep. it was it was all like citrus and dank and you know you know think of like your cascade centennial chanel yep. columbus amarillo kind of you know side of things and then it just over the past few years, it's gone way more to the tropical fruit, stone fruit style. Yeah, um, yeah. No, and, you're spot on. And, you can see it circling back around, and then yeah, it just kind of dials back. Well, you know, think of the IBUs arms race. Think of the ABV Cir- arms race. You know, it's all gone way high, and then it dials back. It's circ- um, yeah, so you know how, how clear you could get your beer, and now now think about you know, how it's all, how, on the how other end of the Yeah, the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, no, it's kind of it, it's always trending too. It's it yeah. all
0: it seems to circle back around. I'm seeing like so in my head, I'm envisioning this. You had mentioned uh, you know beers emulating the smell of of marijuana, and I could see somebody coming around and saying that they're going to target a specific strain of marijuana, and then you have like a a, a beer pairing with a a certain type of marijuana, which I think, would yeah, I, mean, I could see where like sure. it, it's mm-hmm. just like we do with food or you do with wine and and uh, food or beer and cheese or any of those pairings. Uh, we One of the popular ones around here is taking Girl Scout cookies and doing beer pairings with. And I think if you had marijuana to that, the Girl Scout Cookie Association could be some of the most uh, prolific and yeah, lucrative right. business in <laughs> yeah.
1: the country. Yeah, literally just set up a <laughs> yeah. set up a stand yeah, that, right? next to a uh, recreational store. <laughs> it just makes
0: sense. Uh, some of the uh, very young entrepreneurial ladies out there yeah, right. uh, set up next to a CBD store right now and you could sell all the cookies you'd need to make it your badge. So well, it's
1: been interesting to kind of see. Is, like I live in West Asheville and there's CBD stands there but is, not yeah. stands, but like shops that are popping up, you know, just kind of a race to just across the street. <coughs> the food lion now sells CBD. Like that's a, that's a
0: giant chain that has already brought it into. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see where that goes in the next couple of years and how that, how our industry, cause it's craft on craft. And I think it will be for a while. And I think for the next ten years, that's going it's to turn certainly down. We'll disruptive see. for sure. It, I, I and, see that, yeah.
1: And you know, like um, you know, it's just kind of fascinating because, um, I mean, it it really does affect the hop industry if it, you yep, think about well, yeah. it, especially from a market share perspective. Yep. You know, and you know, of, of course, there's been studies in certain states like Colorado and Oregon and California to a certain extent, but it's like, um, let's just say you're. I don't know, your 23-year-old has a $50 in their in their wallet for the weekend. And, and they're it's looking like how for do they split an affordable up, luxury. How do they split up between craft beer, cannabis, wine, and spirits? And obviously that, that new player is, is the actual cannabis side of things. But I yeah. guess CBD is now kind of that weird player as well. Kind of the stepbrother to the yeah, it's, THC. It's, yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting. But that affects, you know... Does that affect the amount of beer that people drink I think it's going to
0: I think yeah. you know when you have expendable income right now the economy's high mm-hmm. and, and again that's just like the beer styles that we keep talking about it's circular I mean there's a high there's there's ebbs and flows to so that troughs you know the wave itself And I think at some point it'll come back down uh, and you know it, the trend in drinking then is always interesting too because people don't necessarily go out and spend you know, the four to six dollars on a pint, but they will go across the street uh, to their local grocery store and pick up a six pack and go drink it in someone's garage or go over to somebody's house. And so the way they consume at that point uh, is different. And maybe the price point on the shelf that they would buy may go down, you know, one shelf or something along those lines. It's The trend, people don't stop drinking or consuming. Right. The the way they do it is different. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's not recession-resistant It's re- or proof it's re- recession-resistant. Yes. And I think that that new industry, both of those two industries, are going to be an interesting economic study. Uh, Especially on wine,
1: spirits, and beer. Yes. <laughs> Which yeah. have always
0: been the big three categories. Yeah. And, you know. And now you've got, you know, cider. Uh, yeah, well, mm-hmm. and, and I think the writing on the wall was a couple weeks ago when Pepsi and Coke both invested in the CBD yep. and THC market. Mm-hmm. Um, those two... Companies aren't going to do that unless, you know, the the the, the future is there, right? And so they've looked at, I, you know, that's it, it's an interesting concept. It's an interesting thing to think about when people are going to be using their expendable income for luxury items or, or affordable luxury items like that, and see where they're going to put their dollars at. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Craft Beverage Institute, of course, we want to promote uh responsibility and 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 you know moderation and consumption of any of this stuff uh specifically when we we're talking about you know alcohol or any of the other substances that we've talked about